1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
0: what a save from mark howard my hand got caught on the post but i kept going and i tore all the labor in my shoulder
1: <laughs> it's not going I'm that well get <laughs> Harry
0: Redknapp called me up that morning, just as I was about to get on the train to Liverpool, and basically said, "I want you to come here."
1: To was oh, there, wasn't
0: mate? he? Unbelievable! One of the best players I've ever trained.
1: Everyone says this. How good was he?
0: You couldn't get the ball off in the training. Him, the balls, was like holding. Butter. Yeah. they're
1: so slippery. I yeah, can't also, believe it. Kits was a very similar. He never warmed up, but he'd be in the bath reading the Business Times. <laughs> and he literally <laughs> brought a table in with him and sit the table over the bath and have his laptop out sending emails before training.
0: What a save from Mark Howard.
1: Welcome back once again to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, your host Mark Howard, and my mate producer Ben. Today on episode seven, we have an unbelievable goalkeeper currently at Southampton in the Premier League. He's also made his international debut for England in 2018 against USA. A massive welcome, Alex McCarthy. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on, mate. Before we talk about your international career, we'll do that at some point. Uh, can we rewind to the start of your career uh, before you joined Reading, coming through at the academy there, but. How did you know when you were a kid you wanted to be a goalkeeper?
0: That's coming back some time now, isn't it? It was a strange one because when I was younger, I've, I come from a sporty family. So I'd play cricket, I'd play golf, I'd play football. Um, and I was playing Sunday league for my local team, Guildford Saints. Enjoyed playing in goal there. I occasionally went out on pitch, played centre half, but. Didn't really fancy it out on the pitch. So yeah, I stayed in goal from then. I was probably about 12, 13 playing there. I then got scouted by the county. So I was playing a bit of county football for Surrey. Um, And I remember playing at a tournament. I can't quite exactly. I think it was over sort of Watford way. But yeah, I was playing a tournament there. Then a few clubs approached my family about going on trial. And then obviously I was still young there. So my parents wanted me to sort of carry on with my, my school stuff. So I ended up signing for Wimbledon. I was there for a few years and then they ended up sort of splitting, didn't they? They went AFC Wimbledon and then the other way. And MK um, Dons, Yeah, that was it. So um, obviously I, I was there a few years and then I had a goalie coach there that I met when I was younger and he went to Wickham. He ended up taking me to Wickham and then I was at Wickham for a few years and then from Wickham I went to Reading because he moved from Wickham and went to Reading. So he ended up taking me there and then obviously that was where I did my apprenticeship and then I did my first couple of years of pro there and then yeah the rest of his history.
1: Was there a specific moment that you remember when you was like yeah I'm definitely going to do this I'm definitely a goalkeeper instead of an outfield player
0: I think it was probably that time that I was playing for Guildford Saints I just seemed to to fit better in goal being young I wanted to sort of throw myself around be making saves and that obviously I tried it out on pitch but I didn't I, you didn't I didn't get that same sort of buzz as being in goal and and yeah it just sort of stuck then so yeah I've, I've sort of never looked back. Obviously, we still think we can play a bit, being goalkeepers and that. But um, yeah, no, it's always in goal for me. To be fair, now I always think like, I, 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 like people always say, "God, you're crazy! Like you want to be a goalie and that, and you, you want you, you have people smashing balls at you and that." And I, I'd much rather be doing that than running around on the pitch for ninety minutes. I don't know. How totally the agree do with it. that as well. It's, it's
1: absolute, like it's <laughs> carnage. especially now that you're tracked with all the GPS data. Lads are yeah. like, covering like ten to fourteen k a game and that. And you look at us in goal. We probably average about three.
0: To be fair, that that I have a track on, and um, I think it was sort of last season they were saying I was doing sort of like four or five k, but that was obviously it depends how the manager wants you to play, like playing high, like being sweeper keeper and that. But for instance, like Prowsey minimum covers like twelve k a game, is ridiculous, and sometimes sometimes we have three games a week. The yardage he's is covering is it? mental.
1: Obviously, coming through at Reading's Academy then, you've had a whole host of loan moves that we, mm-hmm. we're not going to brush over. You've, well-travelled. You've very well-travelled as a youngster. Uh, before you made your substitute appearance, uh, your debut for Reading uh, in 2011 in the Championship, how did uh, the loan moves def- uh, benefit your career?
0: Yeah, I think they're massive, especially for a young goalkeeper. I think sort of the only way you're going to sort of progress in that is by playing games. You can only, I think, learn a certain amount in training. Obviously, I'm still learning now and you're learning every day in that, but to gain that experience, you need to go out loan and be playing games and making, making mistakes because that's the only way you're going to learn. So going out at an early age, I think, had a massive impact in, in my career.
1: It must have been daunting sometimes walking into a new dressing room. It seemed yeah. to be two or three times a season uh, when you was coming <laughs> through. But it must have been uh, a scary but exciting opportunity for you.
0: Yeah, obviously being young, it, it is scary. You're sort of coming out of your comfort zone and that and, and you're, you're travelling around, going to, to new clubs, meeting new people and that. But I think it, it sort of brings the best out of you and, and, and gets more out of you. Different styles that the managers want to play. You've all, you've just got to keep adapting. And, that. and like I said, you're going to be making mistakes at young age. So I'm still making mistakes now, but as long as you learn by them and that, it's only going to benefit you in the long run. Is there a, a mistake from the early days that still sticks in your head today? Was there one sort of major... <laughs> Bringing up the demon? Yeah. <laughs> no, <anyway. laughs> um, uh, I remember that when I was on loan at Yeovil, um, I think I had a pass back and you think you've got sort of all the time in the world and that, and you, you, you're slowly getting closed down and you've still got the ball at your feet. You still haven't kicked it. And before you know it, they're on you. Um, And ended up kicking it too late and it sort of ricocheted in the goal. Um, But they're all little things that I think sort of all them little mistakes you make, that they do make you a better goalkeeper.
1: Definitely. I think they help you improve. Uh, Even like now, even when you make mistakes, I find it so much easier to just brush it off and get on with the next thing. And I think the younger lads... Part of their development is it plays, is, on, their mind, it plays it? on their mind, and you can see the next thing they do, the next goal kick, the next yeah. save. It's still they're thinking about that mistake.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think it depends on, on sort of what person you are. Obviously, the way I've brought was brought up, my mum and dad are quite relaxed and calm, and that. So I think that sort of filtered down to me. I've never been sort of like up there or down there. I sort of keep myself in the middle. So when when I have made mistakes you obviously think about it for I don't know 20 seconds or whatever but then I'd always sort of brush it off because if you're sort of dwelling on it it affects the rest of your game so I wouldn't want to be making another mistake in the game so I just try and forget about it as quick as possible
1: sometimes it's uh the mistakes that make you do the next best thing th- exactly. the exactly uh at the weekend last weekend I threw the ball out but as I threw it, it slipped it came straight out of my hand straight to their striker who broke through one and one right and all I'm thinking in my head is do not let them score yeah and then so in the end I've made a decent save but like, proper held it and threw it out, picked it up straight away, threw it out, put my hand up to apologize, and then just started laughing. I was like, Oh my god, that could have been horrendous! Yeah,
0: they're nice. There, it's, it's nice though when you get away with them ones. Yeah, it?
1: and I think, like, even because I knew that it was my mistake, I made sure that I caught the shot. Yeah, I was like, Quite, right, just get rid of this ball again. Yeah, make sure I do the next thing, properly. get it away from me as quick as possible. That's it, yeah, I do that all the time, to be fair. If I if there's something going on in the game, I try and kick the ball as far away as possible yeah. just thinking they can't score. If their goalie's got the ball in their hands or it goes out for a throw and he just can't score, Yeah, I think that's the easiest way to just press reset for a goalie. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um I think if, you, if you're sort of thinking about it for too long and that you're, it's going to be in your mind, you're going to be making mistakes for the rest of the game, aren't you? So I think you've got to clear your mind as quick as possible and then get on with the next...
1: Go back to Reading then, yeah. uh, obviously coming through there, it must have been amazing to the to make your debut, uh, considering you'd come through, I think you'd been there five or six years yeah. before you made your debut, that must have been an unbelievable feeling.
0: Yeah, it was, like you said, obviously I'd been there a long time, I'd done my apprenticeship there, and then obviously after that I went on to sign my pro contract there. We had a really good, I had a really good um, group of lads around me, obviously Jem, you know, Hal Robson Canoe, Gilfie Sigurdson, Alex Pierce was there, there's a few others. So that, I think uh, the majority of them were playing in the team at the time. Anyway, they broke into the first team before me. But that day to actually make my debut, it was it was it was an unbelievable feeling. You obviously train so hard, go out and do all these lone moves to get you to that position, and then to finally make your debut. Yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a good moment in my career,
1: well, especially to make your debut in a season that <laughs> the club went on to get promoted. Yeah, it's yeah. not a bad way to to join. Yeah. Uh, in with the first team activities Yeah, no, it was good
0: obviously yeah, like you said the season the, the club went on to get promoted that year so to to have played a part in that it was it was a great feeling um, Brian McDermott was the manager there at the time and he was he was great with me for my development as well because I think it was during that season as well that they got promoted or it might have been a season after or before I went on loan as well to Leeds and they were sort of I think it was
1: that same, season, was that you went same to season. Yeah,
0: yeah, they were sort of pushing as well. So at first, they were a bit sort of hesitant of me going there to a sort of rival club. But he he was excellent. He let me go there, and then obviously I came back for a couple of weeks and went to Ipswich. So no, it was, it was a roller coaster season for me, but it was it was a massive season in, in, in my
1: career. But all part of your development, exactly. ready for the next season to make your Premier League debut. Exactly. Yeah, that came around quickly, and obviously, bit
0: like when you're younger and a kid as, as a kid, that's that's obviously the pinnacle isn't it playing in the Premier League so to make my debut at Reading again was was unbelievable.
1: You went on to almost establish yourself in the side as well. Yeah. Uh, And you've gone on uh, you went on to play over 70, 80 games for Reading as well but obviously to play in the Premier League coming through there that must have been a a huge achievement for yourself but the the way that you end up keeping your place in the team's credit to you as well.
0: Yeah no it's unbelievable feeling to make a Premier League debut there. Obviously we went. I think we went down that season, didn't we? Um, but to to get that experience um, playing Premier League, it was, it was unbelievable. Obviously, playing against all the big teams, the big boys at sort of that young age in my career, it, it gave me that sort of platform um, and motivation to to what, sort of want to stay there and play there.
1: I think you end up with a freak injury as well that year. I did. It
0: was it was in the QPR game, right at the end of the game. I think it was Jibril says so hit a shot, and I ended up. I, I was diving full stretch for it to my right and my, finger, my hand got caught on the post, but I kept going and I tore all the labrum in my shoulder. So I had to have that all pinned. But I think it was sort of like five days after I'd done it and that, they tried like uh, rehabilitating it and stuff like that. But I just, I, I literally could not get my arms up to catch the ball. It was so sore. So then that was when I, I, ended, up, I ended up having that surgery and it put me out for about three months. So it's, it sort of killed me, the momentum a little bit because I was flying at the time. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's just one of them unfortunate things, them injuries. Isn't it's it? typical,
1: typical goalkeeper injuries. Normally, our injuries are freak injuries. Yeah. That, that obviously outfielders they get typical muscle yeah. tears and that, but we always end up with something. Yeah, dead and straight. then obviously
0: with an outfield player, you can come on. It's easier to get back in the team. And if being a goalie, it's 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 a lot
1: harder. Before we uh, continue and move away uh, from Reading in your career, uh, I've got a brand new feature on the podcast. (laughs) We're going to test your knowledge with a quiz called Goalie or No Goalie. I have 10 names written down and five of which are current international goalkeepers and the other five are just made up fictitious names. This could Uh, be interesting. So listeners can head over to our YouTube channel and follow our leaderboard live. But as Alex is the first person to take the quiz, it's safe to say you'll be in the lead for a while. And it's one point for each correct answer. Right, number right. one, you ready? Franco Armani.
0: No.
1: Saying no goalie?
0: No goalie. Mm. River
1: Plate, an Argentina goalkeeper. Yeah? Yep, at the World Cup <laughs> on the bench. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Mate, I told you my football knowledge is terrible. <laughs> All
1: right, should we crack on with number yeah, two? Yeah, let's
0: go. This should be embarrassing enough if I get 0 is wouldn't Owen
1: Hudson. No. Saying no
0: goalie? No goalie.
1: That's good. That's one correct answer. Just so you know, that's Owen Hudson, our videographer. <laughs> imagine if I said, yeah. <laughs> he would have took that. He'd have been buzzing on oh, Yeah, well. get, get gloves on, mate. Yes. Right. <laughs> Number three, Andrew Redmayne. No goalie. <laughs> he is a goalie. Sydney in Australia.
0: Well, oh,
1: oh, yeah, I recognise him, yeah. him now. I recognise him now. He's the one with the crazy penalty saves. Yeah. Just... Pure jumps around on his goal. Yeah, yeah I recognise him now. Right, so you're on one, one so far.
0: At least I'm off the mark. Yep.
1: <laughs> number four, Oliver Christiansen, Goalie. He is a goalie. Hertha Berlin and Denmark goalie. All yeah. uh, right. Number five. We'll go. Danny Hay.
0: Goalie. <laughs>
1: no goalie. <laughs> <laughs> he is the New Zealand manager. <laughs> What's that, two? You're on two. Two after five. Right. Number six. Yoshihiro Moriata. Goalie? Mm. No goalie. He's a, he's a Japanese Michelin <laughs> chef. <laughs> it's not going I that well. This. <laughs> <laughs> right. Number seven. Maxine Kripu. Goalie. He is a goalie. He plays for LAFC and uh, Canada. But he's uh, out of the World Cup at the moment because he recently broke his leg in a cup final. Good guess, wasn't it? Good guess. So actually, on three. Right. Number eight. Yichin Wang. Sounds sounds more like Yichin Wang. Yep.
0: Goalie. <laughs> no goalie. Absolutely made up Chinese name.
1: <laughs> number nine, Marko Dimitrovic. Goalie. He is a goalie. Thank he's God just God gonna to say goalie for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he is Seville and Serbia goalie. Oh, he's a tank, he, isn't he is a tank, mate. <laughs> he, is. he is an absolute unit. Right, and then the last one, number ten, Miguel Silva.
0: That does sound like someone. Goalie. No goalie. <laughs> Absolute made-up Brazilian. should have stuck mate. to your guns there. I should have. you that? Four? There.
1: Four. I think four, four out of ten. That's a respectable first entry, right? That is a first entry. I, I, that I, was I, hard. That, like, I put some tricky ones in there.
0: Mm, that was tough, that. like, I, t- I did say my knowledge of football isn't the best, but yeah.
1: like... I'll, that I'll, then, I'll take four that Four out of ten. Yeah. ten. I'm happy with that. I'm happy in that. I'll, nah, take I'll take that <laughs> <it. laughs> Right, let's move back to goalkeeping then. From Reading, you've moved to QPR and Crystal Palace and at both places you had to fight for your place in yeah. the team. How is it being the person that goes in to challenge at a new club?
0: It was strange, the move to QPR, because obviously being at Reading before I'd worked with Brendan, Brendan was at Liverpool and he wanted me to go to Liverpool. So, I was that morning that I ended up going to KPR. That morning, I was about to get on the train to go to Liverpool wow. and speak to Liverpool and that. But then I had Harry Redknapp call me, and I knew at Liverpool I wasn't going to go in and just play. He, he obviously couldn't guarantee me any football. You know what football's like; you don't get any guarantees in it and that. But Harry Redknapp called me up that morning, just as I was about to get on the train to Liverpool, and basically said, um, "I want you to come here." He'd obviously known about known about Liverpool and that, and he said. I think you, there's definitely going to be more opportunities for you to play here. So it was it was a tough situation. Obviously working with Brendan, he's at Liverpool, or I read up at QPR. So I was literally still at the train station with my dad and my agent, just going over it and over it and over it. And in the end, because I'd been playing at Reading, I wanted I wanted to sort of be playing to carry on playing. to carry on playing. So I ended up going to QPR having a look around there, speaking with them and ended up signing there.
1: It sounds like a lot of hindsight and a lot of regret
0: in your voice there. I don't know, because I think I always, I'm a big believer of things always happen for a reason. Um, yeah, it could have been different if I went to Liverpool and that, but obviously I went down the route of going to QPR. Um, I think it took me quite a while to get into the team there and then... It was, I think it was Liverpool, the game I played, and then I got injured that game. I come off the, I come out of the game with like a quad strain. So then I was out of the team again. I couldn't get back in. Rob was doing well. Um, so, yeah, it was a weird one. Obviously, I had the chance to go to Liverpool, and then I went to QPR. Um, I was there for a season. We got relegated that season, and then, obviously, I went to Crystal Palace.
1: I actually played against you that year when you was at QPR. I was at Sheffield United, and we played you in the Cup. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that game now, yeah. I won't mention the result to you. <laughs> <no>? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that was the year that we reached the League Cup semi-final from League One. Yeah. So, obviously, it meant like, that we yeah. beat you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just um, to bring that up, I just yeah, wanted to rub no, that in. yeah, rub that in. <laughs> in. But uh, yeah, it was
0: a crazy season that season, obviously. Like, you had some
1: unbelievable players as well and some really high-profile names. Yeah. Obviously, Rio and stuff like that. Yeah, Rio was obviously there. It Bobby looked Samora. like you had a great bunch of lads it, it was, it was off a, the pitch.
0: Yeah, it was a great bunch of lads. I remember we had a, um, we had a training camp in Dubai, warm-over training camp, and it was just it was a great laugh for all the lads. Obviously, there was a lot of experienced players there, like you said, like Rio,
1: Bobby Zamora, Joey Barton was there. Even like some talented players, Tarrap was there, wasn't oh,
0: he? Unbelievable! One of the best players I've ever trained. Before.
1: Everyone says this. It, how good was he?
0: You couldn't get the ball off him in training. He was just unbelievable. He wouldn't trap back, but going forward, he was unbelievable. Nico Crancha as well. Yeah. Wow, what a player! So much ability like that, that. I don't know how, looking back at it, that team went down that year because it was such a, a good team.
1: Yeah, I remember playing. Off, I know I said that we beat you, but you had some unbelievably yeah. good players. So yeah, and I think it's sort of.
0: Everyone sort of played for themselves a bit, rather than the team.
1: Yeah, it looked like a, a team that all at different stages of their career, yeah. trying to get something different out of what, yeah. what their reason for being there. Yeah,
0: it it, it it was strange we went down that year, but it was it was when you look at like the individual talents, there were some proper good players. There. Like Adele was like one of the best players I played with.
1: Uh, and then, obviously, then let's talk about your move to Crystal Palace. Then, following season, you went to Crystal Palace. Yeah, uh, was that originally to to go in and compete to to play or?
0: Yeah, well, I saw, I think I went there and I I, I remember meeting up with them pre season already started. I met up with them in South Africa. Alan Pardue was the manager and Andy Woodman was the goalie coach. And I knew Woody anyway before I went there. I knew of him and had little chats and that. So yeah, met up with them in. South Africa done preseason there, then came back and we started. The, I think I start. I'm pretty sure I started the season. I think you do. It, feel, yeah. it feels forever ago now. <laughs> um, they and, all roll into one yeah. Of the season ended does. up ended up playing about I think it was like six seven games in that, and you know it was just weird. Like you know how things don't go your way. I remember I remember one of the games we were playing Liverpool at home, and I've gone I've gone to clear the ball and had a freak moment where I've literally just slipped. And then I can't, balls obviously got fallen straight to them and they've gone through and scored and that. Um, it, it it just felt like when I was at, at Crystal Palace, everything sort of went, went against you. The harder you, you tried, the less it, fell for yeah, you. Yeah, it, it was just
1: hard work. Sometimes when that happens, especially in a goalkeeper's career, you need that manager to just stick by you and you'll come through it because they all know that you're good yeah. enough and you're plenty good enough. But it's just what you need to be someone yeah, to just have a, that faith in you. You
0: need your, an arm around you, yeah. and that and yeah I didn't really I didn't really feel I got that from part um so yeah that that was that season and then obviously from there I'd obviously worked with Dave Watson at England and he gave me a call up in the summer and said look do you want to do you want to come to Southampton that must have been a great call he'd obviously obviously David spoken with like Charlie Austin because I'd been at QPR with Charlie Austin and that and and asked what I was like and that and but to get that call that summer from Dave, because you know when you're not happy in a club and you, and, and you, you just want to move on and that it was it was perfect for me.
1: Yeah, it must have been uh, obviously back in 2016. This is so you've been there six time, years it? now. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, it's a it's very rare now that you you manage to sp- stay at a club for a certain yeah. amount of time. So you, you've done well to establish yourself there. And I know at the moment you're not in the team, but you, you're competing to get back yeah. in the team, which hopefully you do do soon. But uh, how how has your Southampton career panned out? Yeah no, I've I've,
0: re- I've really enjoyed it there. Um, the way the club works, the way the club run, the people that are there—it's it's, it's a great club to be at. Um, it's probably the the club where I felt most settled and enjoyed my football the most. I play quite a lot of games there now, and I've I've really enjoyed my time there. Obviously, I've worked under quite a few managers there now, and yeah, I've been I've been there a while. Even though I've been put up for sale a couple of times with <laughs> the previous manager, but no, it's, it's 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 a really good club, good bunch of lads there, and. Sometimes you do look at it, thinking how how are we sort of down where we are last couple of seasons. We'll, we'll have stages in the season where we're unbeatable. We go through I don't know six seven games, and then we always sort of hit that dip in in some point of the yep. season.
1: That's only natural though. Obviously, yeah. to try and compete at that level in the Premier League yeah. against the, the big, the yeah, top, you get so punished top six, if it's you get not punished. Yeah, uh, I think Southampton famously have been punished a fair yeah. few yeah. times, and I've been on the end of one of them. Yeah. But how yeah. do you, how do you uh, like? What do you take away from those games, or do you just put it to the back of your mind and get on with the next one? Just I walk, just put
0: it to the back of yeah. my mind. Like, I think
1: because yeah. I remember that game, like the game that we're talking about, I you think know, you I, actually end up making loads of saves. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it
0: was a strange one. Like, you just you're just thinking, "Fucking, hell, is this game ever going to end?" Like, with the way that we were conceding, i was thinking this, this could be double figures easily. Yeah. Um, but like I said to you before, I'm I'm one of them guys that's pretty sort of level headed and that after the game like i'm just done with it like i'll, I'll be focused sort of on the next one um but yeah it's it's, it's not something you want in your cv
1: no uh well, well, let's change that all right so uh, in your second season you actually got named players player of the season and fans yeah. player of the season uh goalkeepers rarely do get awards what was it like to actually get those accolades especially the ones from your players
0: yeah it was unbelievable um obviously to to know your teammates think that of you it, it, it's a great feeling um, I, I didn't start the season that season. I think I came in sort of around Christmas time. I think it so was an even bigger achievement. So I is. played half the season. Yeah, um, but it was it was a roller coaster season. I, I remember sort of we we played Swansea towards the end of the season, and, and that game we had to win. I think if we won, we stayed up, and if they won, they stayed up. So it was a massive game. But yeah, to come into the team and play that sort of block of games and 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 do what I did, it, it was it was very satisfying and then to pick up them awards at the end of the season it's always nice yeah it's a cherry on the cake
1: yeah let's talk gloves
0: this is matt smith and this is the glove review on the yours mine away
1: podcast right yeah can you talk us through your current gloves uh the brand that you wear why you wear them uh and obviously what you do and do not like about your goalie gloves
0: i'm funny with gloves because i don't really like changing gloves as with puma for however many years and then obviously i went to adidas and i i weren't unhappy with adidas at all um obviously i knew uh rob elliott and i knew he was involved in the one glove company um and they approached me and said look basically would you would you be interested in 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 trying some of my gloves out so i was like "Yeah, yeah yeah fine and then obviously tried them out and i really liked them and i said if you can do them exactly the same as my adidas ones
1: because they are very similar they're, to look at. They're pretty that, much they?
0: exactly the same. Very, the only thing they don't have is the latex coming over the finger here.
1: Yep, the, f- the old fingertip style.
0: Yeah, so I said if you can pretty much match them, I'm I'm happy to come on board. And obviously the, they said I could design my own glove, have it exactly how I wanted it. Um So I ended up making to the, the switch them. They're great people to work for as well. They're, they're all really nice guys. And yeah, I, I ended up making the move two seasons ago I think it was now so they allowed you to play a part in actually designing the gloves. so is that for apply to those ones there as well you designed those ones yeah that was amazing and then they stick the old logo on under
1: there as well nice that and what's the logo represent obviously a name but yeah it's just uh, we just come up with one there's loads of
0: different stuff you could could pick and that but ended up going that but no the gloves are really good and do they sell
1: your exclusive type of glove yeah yeah, yeah, that's brilliant that it's all from yeah. your design and everything. Yeah, it's like all that.
0: proper, but no, they're, they're like I said, they're exactly the same, pretty much to the Adidas glove. I think pretty much all the gloves are made in the same factory anyway. So, but no, they're really good. Really happy with them. Is there
1: anything over your career that you've picked up along the way that you do and don't like? Obviously, you're wearing the strapless gloves now. How does that change from from when you came through? And
0: yeah, it's obviously when I first came through, and that everything was strapless. there. Was, there was, it was nothing was not strapless, was it? To be fair, when I was younger, I used to wear finger saves.
1: I still wear them. Do you still yeah. wear
0: them? I I found like you know if you don't quite catch a ball cleanly sometimes if you didn't have finger saves on it it sort of end up going through a little bit but with finger saves you've got that sort of second barrier.
1: I that I for that exact reason I still wear them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I stopped wearing them for a couple of years, broke a couple of fingers. I was like, why did I not wear them? Yeah. And then that was it. I was just back in them. I've done 19 years in finger saves now. Have you? Yeah. yeah. That's a good go
0: in That, but I, I, I got to the point where I just wanted that more sort of movement in my fingers, and that because with the finger saves you can't really do that. No, you can't. Yeah?
1: No. Um, Your gloves are typically they're very thin, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, they're very, uh, very mobile, and yeah, there's so not with, a lot of build with, to them.
0: With the gloves, I don't like them sort of like bulky on the palm and that. I like them quite thin because I like to be able to feel the ball. I think with the chunkier ones, you don't sort of get that sort of feeling on the ball. So I like them. To be fair, um, to be thin as possible really
1: do you adjust them at all for different balls you'll use
0: Premier League balls I think are pretty good with them to be yep. fair they're sticky but when we, when I played in the cup the other week them humour balls are like holding butter yep. <laughs> they're so slippery I they can't also. believe it so I'll wear them gloves I wouldn't just pick them out and wear them on the day of the game I'd probably wear them two days leading into the game so two days of training yeah. and wash them Yeah, I think when they're a bit older and battered they're a lot better with them balls but with the night balls I'd just I'd just take them out of the packet and wear them. Yep. And then with the puma balls as well, I use. have you ever used it, a bit of Vaseline on the old yes, gloves? Yes,
1: Vaseline in the, in the rain. But it's it a ru- great trick. It, it ruins, ruins everyone right. else's gloves as well. <laughs> so there's this trick, right, that a lot of keepers will use. When it's pouring down, they'll wear an older pair of gloves because they know it will just destroy them. And we'll actually put a bit of Vaseline, like a lump of it, on the goalpost. Have you ever done that? No, oh, I've never I, done I, I do that. It. I do it in the game. I've never done that. Yeah, so you, and then during the game you can keep reapplying can it, but it? it ruins your gloves for yeah. so that. They're dead The first
0: that. time I ever found out about that was when I went away with England and Harty used to use it on his gloves and I thought, what are you doing? Like, Surely that ain't going to make the gloves sticky. And it, like, it's unbelievable, the grip you get from it.
1: But for that one time, yeah. after that, oh, yeah, you, you, you can't can wear those gloves ever again.
0: gloves are going in the bin after <laughs> But that. even
1: the other goalies that are in training, because you're catching the ball with that on your gloves, it goes to them as well. It goes on their gloves because they're then catching that same ball and they are fuming <laughs> at you. Especially the younger ones that don't get as many yeah. gloves as you. Yeah, no,
0: it is a good trick, but I, I, I'll I very rarely use it unless it's like hammering down or whatever or with them uh, puma balls cause, and
1: how much do they move as well, by the way? They are. Wow. Yeah. See, I we we use a heavier ball in the league, a New Balance ball, so they're like the old mitre balls, yeah. which I love. I think they're fantastic yeah. because they've got a bit more cushioning on them. Uh, but yeah, we played with the puma balls in the cup and they wobble. They really move. We've got, we've got a cup game this weekend coming up. Uh, I, in the last round of the game, wore a brand new pair of gloves with them yeah. and they were perfect. But I tried an older pair in the warm up and I was like, I can't, I literally can't wear them. And then, but during the game, I, I wore a brand new pair of gloves and I never normally do that. Yeah, I and know. I caught every cross. I was like, oh my God, this actually works. I was like, yeah. So this weekend, hopefully, yeah, it works again. <laughs> yeah,
0: hopefully for you, mate. But <laughs> I, yeah, I can't believe how much MP balls move, like, yeah. especially the way that some of the lads hit the ball as well. It's, and I'll end up doing a thing, no doubt.
1: Uh, can we talk about some of the the, the players at southampton obviously you've yep. mentioned uh ward prowse at, have you been in goal for his free kicks in training and stuff yeah and it, is it ridiculous
0: it, yeah it's, to be fair a couple of weeks ago you know you can like hang onto the bar and put your feet up on there yeah willie caballero was doing that so there's literally like a little probably a, little, like a gap sort of like a bit bigger than that he took five free kicks and scored four of them. Oh, wow, it's unbelievable! <laughs> it is unbelievable. He he doesn't take loads and loads of free kicks. He probably take six a week on a Friday. Yep, and then that's it. Like he won't if he if he missed them all, he wouldn't keep going. That's his number. But when he done that the other week with Willie, it was like wow, standards joke. Yeah. Every time he has a free kick in a game you expect him to score or at least hit the target. That's
1: an incredible thing in itself that you've got players now like I think Kieran Trippier is another one. I think he got three free kicks in the Premier League and scored them all.
0: But it surprised me the free kick he scored against Wolves. I don't know if you see it when he just smashed it and wobbled it. Yep. Because so I've never seen him do that before. He just said he had a bit of head loss and he ran up to it and just smashed it. But the ones he puts in the corner... Like, I think
1: that, that level goal level. you're talking about as well, though, it probably surprises the goalkeeper because you're expecting that whip over the wall yeah. to be blindsided by it. So you're almost cheating.
0: Yeah. But it's hard because you know he's going there, but you can't go early because he'll just go the other side. Yeah. That's what winds him up a little bit in training, to be fair, because I do go early in camp. You have to, I <laughs> don't know. <you have> <laughs> but yeah, his technique's unbelievable and he, he's, such, he's so professional and all the work he does on and off the pitch. He deserves everything he gets. To be fair, I was surprised he didn't go to the, to the World Cup.
1: Yeah. Uh, right, well, that leads us on to your England career and the World Cup anyway. Yeah. So uh, can we talk to you about your, your debut that you made for England? You've, you Some had a few call-ups, yeah, yeah, but you had a few call-ups and that, and it's something that you must be immensely proud of.
0: Yeah, no, um, it, was, it was an unbelievable achievement for, for me and my family. Obviously, growing up as a kid, it, it's what you want to do, you want to represent your country, and, and leading up to that, I'd obviously had a few call-ups, um, didn't get the chance to play, but I, I remember it well, um, Gareth Southgate was obviously still the manager, they pulled me in the night before and said, "Look, you're going to get 45 minutes second half against the USA." So we just wanted to tell you so you can get your family here. And, that. and to be fair, my mum and dad were away. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't think where they were. I was they're in, say, somewhere they're, nice. They were like. in South Africa or somewhere like that. Um, but but my missus was there with with, with a few friends and that. Um, but yeah, it's it's an unbelievable feeling. You can't can't be here. Uh, walking onto the pitch at Wembley second half playing USA you just didn't want it to end
1: Obviously you've been called up before like you said and you had to bide your time Uh, you also represented England under 19s under 21s do you think that that sort of embedding that they do with England helped you when you did get your opportunity
0: Yeah definitely I think otherwise it it all sort of comes a bit of a shock and maybe too much Um, obviously different players deal with it differently to others Um, but yeah, I think it did help. Obviously, I knew a lot of the players anyway from being being in and around the 21s, training with them and that. And when you do go away with them, like the standard's unbelievable. Like the quality just steps up and up and it's like the first sort of day or two you're away with them, it's a bit like, wow. And then obviously you adjust to it and that.
1: But In what sense does training just gets quicker? Everything's just so done much better.
0: Yeah, like training's so much quicker. The quality in and around both boxes, just the quality in the sessions, the demand. Everyone's demanding, demanding, demanding. Um, so yeah, it's a big difference. Even Prousey says it now when he goes away. He goes like, he just says it's like unreal, the standard.
1: And everyone wants the ball. Yeah. Like, obviously we've we've both played with players that can play hide and seek and train yeah. and that but with England you're, you're <laughs> with you the ever, elite yeah. they're the best players in, yeah. the, in the country at that and, time
0: and then when you've got Kane in front of goal like, it's just, you just ain't getting near anything hits the ball so hard
1: what is he like in training his finishing just so sharp and so
0: clinical even when you try and read him and go there you're just not getting there because of the power that hits the
1: ball at he's consistent with that yeah. as well like yeah. relentless
0: yeah he's good um, Marcus Rashford is another one who the way he hits the ball so good so
1: hard so
0: accurate that's why they're all at the top isn't it yeah exactly is there
1: any insight uh, that you can give people listening to what an England camp is like so what will the lads be doing now on a down day when I was away there's quite a lot of meetings there's quite a lot of meetings
0: Um, obviously you'll have meetings as a group and then you'd have individual meetings so like defenders midfielders attackers um, going through clips of games, what you want to get out of it. Um, to be fair, when I trained with them, training wasn't too long. It was just really short and sharp. Um, and then you'd have sort of gym programmes. But with the amount of games that they're playing, I, I, I can only imagine they'll be doing sort of little bits
1: and top-ups in the gym. And Lots then, of rest and yeah. recovery in between yeah. each th- game. Yeah, the recovery that. would be the most important.
0: And obviously with the heat out there, I can't imagine them doing... Loads. Uh,
1: what's the team sort of spirit like and the building that you do? I know we've famously seen pictures of Harry Maguire on a unicorn in the swimming pool. And that <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, Did it's, anything it's, like that go on? When yeah, it's there? all
0: like that. There's there's that, there's there's dartboards, uh, table tennis and to be fair, a lot of the gads, lads game anyway so they'll all be playing sort of together but they were always together. It was, it was a really good group. Everyone got on with everyone so it was a nice atmosphere in and around it.
1: Have you worked with any of the current three England goalkeepers?
0: Jordan Pitford, yeah. Work with him when I'd been away. Um, I don't think Popey was there when I was there. Uh, and no, not Ramsdale either. No,
1: what was Jordan like to work with?
0: Yeah, he's good, he's intense, he's like 100 mile an hour. He looks like that, yeah, <laughs> he's 100 mile an hour. I can never imagine him sitting down like watching someone at home, he's just like <laughs> he's on it all the time, but he's. Every time he's been with England, he's been unbelievable, and he yeah he, he has is, yeah especially the tournaments he's been top drawer. And was
1: uh, Dave Watson the goalie coach when Dave, you was away? He, yeah, yeah. So he, well,
0: he was when I first went away. Then the second time I went away, it was Marge. And how was Marge? Said, I've
1: worked with Marge before. Yeah. I, his, his service, his half volley is a shambles. How yeah. good it is,
0: mate! And then when he kicks it off the cone as well, like that first time he done that to me, I was a bit like, wow. Yeah, what he's I got this famous
1: mate. session that he like a traffic cone almost. Just to, to raise the ball and create almost a bit of a dip yeah. when he v- hits it, it it moves on you, the ball. So it, it, that's to recreate that, but it's also to save his hip, I reckon.
0: Yeah, I think it is, but it's serv- it is the top draw, of yeah. service, isn't it? it's service in it. His sessions are good, i enjoyed working
1: with him. I always like
0: working with different goalie coaches because when you're working with the same one day in, day out, it, it, it's it's good, but you like to have that sort of... Regular like routine of, yeah. and yeah. just
1: the way that a goalkeeper coach can uh, reflect on a game so differently yeah. and also... The analysis that goalie coaches now do to the future games, uh, everyone's doing it now. They'll look to the next game and go, right, they put in this type of crosses. We're going to work this week on that yeah. cross. Or they've got this player, like a war prowse that takes this sort of free kick. We actually need to evaluate that and try and yeah. work on that in training. Is that sort of stuff that the in-depth stuff that you're saying that goes on in the meetings and...
0: Yeah, that all that does go on in the meetings. Um, and then say, for instance, for, for our games at a weekend, we'll work on stuff like that. But I'm one of them goalies that I don't like loads and loads of information. Uh, just because like, that's happened in previous games, it doesn't mean it's going to happen in our game. So I'd rather go into our game with a clear head and just deal with what's in front of me rather than thinking, oh, they set back here and then they cross it there. Like, I'm not really one of them. That are into all that. Like, I won't watch loads of clips and that. I'll just go out there and play the game how it is.
1: All right. Finally, uh, you, you mentioned gaming already with England, but you've yeah. you've told us uh, before the podcast went out that you're a big Fortnite fan. <laughs> uh, you talk us through it. Uh, my missus will late me for this because she <laughs> hates me playing it.
0: Um, yeah, no, I, I like a bit of Fortnite. To be fair, I played a lot of Call of Duty back in the day and that. But then when Fortnite came Ball out, World Warfare too. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was the one. But then I went on. Some one of the lads got me into Fortnite, and, and since then, four years ago, three years ago, since I've been playing it, I just literally haven't played anything else. Play with one of the young lads from football called Jack Bycroft, and we're literally on it every night. Yeah, misses <laughs> gets the right ump. But yeah, I don't play any other game. No FIFA, no Call of Duty anymore. Literally just
1: Fortnite. That's your release every evening. That is just, yeah, to just completely
0: switch off, not think about anything. Are you good? I'm all right, yeah.
1: Uh, that's very humble, isn't it? No, I'm all right. I don't want to say I'm good. <laughs>
0: like, cause there's, you get these gamers out there that are just on another level, but yeah, we have a good laugh on
1: it. Uh, how do you relax away from football? Obviously, you've got Fortnite. But... Yeah,
0: I play Fortnite in evenings. When the weather's nice, I'm a fair weather golfer. I do like my golf. I think if I didn't end up being a footballer, I would have tried going down the route of golf. So I, I, I do love playing a game of golf.
1: And you have got you're heavily involved in a couple of businesses as well?
0: Yeah, no, when I was growing up... Um, my agent now, um, one of my best mates. We set up a jewelry business. So that's so that's still going now. And then it was funny when I was at Palace. I was driving for the first three, three and a half months, and it was it was hard work, like with the traffic getting around the M25 and that. So I had one of my mates end up driving with me to sort of offload a bit of the driving and that. And he was setting up a business at the time, an insurance business called My First. It were not a business at the time, and we'd been mates. Hashtag No Ad yeah (laughs) link in the description (laughs) and um we've been mates for a while before that and he 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 approached me about obviously getting involved in the business and i wanted something to go into after football because obviously football doesn't last forever i've come across lads that sort of played their done their football and then by the time it's come to them they're a bit like shit what am i going to do so i didn't want that i wanted to be set up for for when i retire and that so I ended up investing into his business and that um, sort of may, must have been about six, seven years ago now and to be fair, the business is flying and that. So once football is done, I, I, I would like to go into that side of stuff and be more heavily involved in it.
1: Yeah, is that something that you've you've always had uh, in the back of your mind, life after football? And how important is it for, for any other footballers that do listen to to pay an interest in that sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think when you're used to that paycheck coming in every month, when you come to the end of your career and that stops happening, I've spoke to a few lads that I used to play with and they said it's a massive shock. Um, So my mum and dad um, have been good for me ever always, once I've been growing up, my dad's very business minded as well. And he said like, you need to sort of, this is going back a few years, obviously be prepared for when you do retire. Um, So that's why I wanted to get into these things Couple of years ago, whenever it was, so that when it when it did, when it did come to that that day, that I'd have something to fall back on. Um, so yeah, I think it, it is massive to sort of set yourself up in a right way that you can choose what you want to do afterwards. Um, because there are obviously you've heard all the stories of of these lads just obviously spunking their dough and being left with nothing.
1: No, it's, it's so important now, especially uh, that footballers and. People in general do pay yeah. more interest in what is going on around yeah. them, and not just the, the here and now.
0: There was a uh, when I was at QPR, there was a there was a lad called Carl Emery. He was funny. He I can't remember what it's called. It was called the call cool card. The call cool card. Yeah. Yeah. And he was funny because he'd literally just come into training, sit on his iPad doing all his work for the call cool card, go out and train, not, not do any pre act or anything. Come back in and he's straight on his iPad. It, it was, he was literally like the businessman. But he's coming in to train, literally train and do his work, and then get off and do that. But like he, he, he still does that now. So he's been doing it for years, and that it's um, obviously he's obviously enjoying it. It's going well, and that. But I think yeah, it's, it's massively important to have something other than football. Uh, I
1: think we might have played the same, but Dave Kitson, did you play Yeah, played with Kitson? So Kitson. When, right when I was at Sheffield United, Kits was a very similar. He never warmed up, but he'd be in the bath reading the Business Times <laughs> and he literally <laughs> brought a table in with him and sit the table over the bath and have his laptop out sending emails before training. Yeah, and no a fitness lot, coach, Dave Morrison, would come running in and say, we're going out to warm up now. And he'd let, quickly jump out of the bath and come and train. It's unbelievable. <laughs> what a great episode this has been, Alex. Thank you very much for coming on.
0: Uh, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys.
1: This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, your host, Mark Howard, and producer Ben. Can you please go subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this pod? All the best, guys. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys.
0: What a save from Mark Howard.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.